0: Coming up on Philosophy Talk. What books will you read this summer to make you think? I think that people really don't have a coherent concept of progress.
1: Cognitive scientist Steven Pinker, author of Enlightenment Now. You wouldn't think
0: that a book that defended Enlightenment values and that said that science, reason, and humanism are good things would be so uh, blazingly controversial, but it has made people's heads explode.
1: It's sort of like that wonderful Cohen that says, barns burned down, now I can see the moon.
0: Environmental ethicist and essayist Kathleen Dean Moore, author of Great Tide Rising.
1: Even the environmental organizations couldn't bring themselves to say the word climate change, and suddenly that fog was lifted, and it became very, very clear what we're up against. What will you read this summer to challenge your assumptions
0: and make you think about things in new ways? It's our annual summer reading
1: list. Coming up on Philosophy Talk.
0: What book should thoughtful people read this summer? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything, except, of course, your intelligence. I'm Ken Taylor, here at the studios of KALW San Francisco, continuing conversations that begin on the Stanford campus at Philosopher's Corner, while well, I'm going to spend some of my time this summer doing some philosophy. Today, it's our annual summer reading show. It's our guide to thought-provoking books for thoughtful people like you to read this summer. Now, later in the show, we'll hear from some of you from our community of thinkers who have written in to us with suggestions of your own for summer reading. We'll also spend some time talking to one of our favorite thinkers, that's cognitive scientist Steven Pinker, about his controversial new book, Enlightenment Now. In just a bit, I'll be joined by my colleague and co-host, Deborah Satz, and we'll also be joined by our host emeritus, John Perry. John asked me and Deborah to recommend some books to him to help him get over his depression at our current political uh, situation. Now, is a great time for reading. But with so many choices out there, some people just don't know how to pick a book. So we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Liza Veal, to talk to someone who does matchmaking between people and books. She files this report.
2: Okay, I brought some fictional clients to two very special, very powerful book healers. Hannah Kingsley-Ma and Louise McCune. You'll hear the problem the client is suffering from. Then the doctors will prescribe a book. Then you'll hear a little passage from that book. So let's hear our first client.
0: My relationship fell apart, uh, and I'm, I'm just feeling completely jaded like love is a neurochemical con, and I'll never fall for it again.
2: Your recommendation, Hannah?
1: I don't know if books can make you feel like love is worth believing in, but I do think the book Light of the World by Elizabeth Alexander, who's a poet, and this is her memoir about the death of her husband. It's just a really beautiful book about their specific relationship, and it's really nice to live in that world.
2: So that was The Light of the World by Elizabeth Alexander. He who believed in the lottery. He who did not leave a large carbon footprint. He who never met a child he didn't enchant. He whose children made him laugh until he cried. He who never told a lie. He who majored in physics who knew the laws of the universe. He who wanted to win the lottery for me.
1: My band broke up after seven years because we needed to get real jobs. I just feel lost without it.
2: Dr. Louise?
1: I would recommend The Romance of American Communism by Vivian Gornick. She interviewed a lot of people who were part of the American Communist Party during the Cold War. It's just really interesting to see how they remember an experience that was all-consuming And that felt, uh, to many of them, a little bit irrelevant in hindsight.
2: It was The Romance of American Communism by Vivian Gornick. Sure, there was a lot of in the Communist Party and a lot of people, but the only times I felt life was great were in the CP. Despite everything, life had meaning. It redeemed itself over and over again. It redeemed itself because it had real meaning. And while I was a part of it, I had real meaning.
1: I just feel lonely. And I feel that way even when I'm with people. I would recommend The Lonely City by Olivia Lange. It's a biography of several different artists living in New York City who've experienced intense loneliness. And it's not like a really comforting book. It acknowledges the significance of loneliness and how loneliness is a generative force.
2: The Lonely City by Olivia Lang. What does it feel like to be lonely? It feels like being hungry. Like being hungry when everyone around you is readying for a feast. It feels shameful and alarming. It advances, is what I'm trying to say. Cold as ice and clear as glass, enclosing and engulfing. I have to make a big choice in my life and I'm paralyzed by indecision.
1: Yeah, I sort of feel like indecision is like the same as when people talk loud about how they feel about like eating a brownie. You know, it's like we all have that thought and it's hard for it to be interesting to other people. But that's what I think makes this book by Sheila Hetty, Motherhood, so special is that she makes it a indecision, an interesting place to sit in somebody else's indecision. And it's specifically about her decision whether or not to have a child. So she's trying to root out what the right answer is.
2: Motherhood by Sheila Hetty. Whether I want kids is a secret I keep from myself. It is the greatest secret I keep from myself.
1: The point of the book really is that when you're undecided, are you actually undecided or are you just wrestling with something you've known for a long time?
2: For Philosophy Talk, I'm Liza Veal.
0: Thanks for that report, Liza. I'm Ken Taylor, and today we're compiling Philosophy Talk's annual summer reading list. I'm joined now by my co host, Deborah Satz, and we've got a special guest, John Perry, our host emeritus. John, welcome back to Philosophy Talk. Well, actually, I'm here to get your advice. Well, mainly Deborah's advice. But oh, come it, on. You're <laughs> willing to, <laughs> to chime in. Uh, I, you know, I got my PhD in 1968, and I've taught for 50 or so years all without reading the classics of political philosophy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> really? Do so you want to
0: spend your summer catching up on to. I want to spend my summer sitting on my dock up in Copperopolis catching up. Why do you want to do this? Because do you want to think more clearly about our current political situation? Are you working on a book? I mean, what, what drives you to want to do this? Well, it would be nice in thinking about all the things wrong with what Deborah calls American democracy (laughs) Uh, (laughs) to have some alternative conception of how I think things should be. To hear the rest of this program, head to philosophytalk.org. Thank you for listening. And thank you for thinking.